Hi, my name's Jude, and this is my wellbeing podcast about grief, depression, happiness, and the meaning of life. Thanks for tuning in. Look after your monkey and have a nice life. I wanted to do a bit about something which I don't think I've been that aware of until I spoke to someone recently about this. And I've been doing it for years now, ever since um, Vic was diagnosed. 10, 11, 12, yeah, 12 years ago, uh, especially more so though since she was diagnosed with secondary breast cancer. I think around that point, I I thought that I was really comfortable talking about it. If someone directly asked me or knew the situation, if there was someone that was close to me at work or a friend outside of work, usually it was someone who you know had, had a mum who died of cancer or something, and they would ask me really specific things about you know what what stage has she got or or um, how often does she have to have chemo or something like that? I could talk about it really matter-of-factly. Um, I wasn't, I didn't get emotional about it particularly. It was like talking about science or, you know, how the blood travels around your body or or just something that I knew a bit about and other bits I didn't, but, I, you know, I could talk about it without getting emotional and they would sort of say, oh, is it okay, you know, to talk about it? I go, yeah, it's absolutely fine. Like, I'm not, I'm not struggling with the facts that are presented to me. I'm, you know, the emotional side of things is difficult. Um, knowing what's going to happen but I could really talk about it and genuinely would say to them yeah it's obviously fine I quite like talking about it actually you know I can I can tell you this that and the other and I think people would sometimes be surprised how I could be really matter of fact and I think where I've touched on before that was some something to do with the kind of reduced bandwidth where I wasn't allowing the the feelings to come along with those sort of facts but also what I was doing and I didn't really realize this until recently and I, I think it's got worse and worse um or it, or it varies but it's definitely been it gets worse in certain situations is that I just have this what I call mental gymnastics where it can be as bad as I won't even put myself in situations where the, the topic of of having had a wife or when she was still alive having a wife who's terminally ill would come up um it's really similar actually to a knee I had a knee injury in my early 20s when I was at university I've never done the rehab on it um it was really bad I, I did damage my medial ligament uh had an operation and then basically never did the physio afterwards instead of doing the hard work and going through the exercises a lot of squats a lot of um sort of weight bearing on my knee to sort of balance it again and and get some strength in and around the knee all of the muscles to support it I kind of just went back and played football too quickly and learned how to subconsciously play without putting weight in certain movements. So what I do now is subconsciously, I think I play to about 70% of my ability where I just can't do certain movements. I can't twist certain directions. I'm, I'm getting a bit better. I'm doing a bit more knee exercises on it. I haven't done some in the last couple of weeks, actually. It's just reminded me, but doing yoga, being more active has is, is helped. It's helped. I've stopped wearing my knee strap and I feel a bit more flexibility and I can do that. But in general, I've, I'd subconsciously um, trained my body to just not do things, to avoid certain turns and um, avoid putting my knee in, in situations where it, it could be compromised. And that's the same mentally that I've done with, with Vic's illness. For example if I met someone at a wedding, I went to a wedding recently, so it's a good example. It's on the, on my mind. Um, and they'd say something like, Oh, have you come far? And say, Oh yeah, I live, I live down in Dorset. And, um, I say, Oh, that's nice. Oh yeah. Um, 
who do you live with or something like that you know it might come up something weird you know people don't say that but do you know what i mean i might say oh yeah i've got a nice flat man oh what about you by the way yeah i heard you've got um you've got a nice garden or something and i would immediately turn the situation back onto them so they couldn't say oh i thought you were married or 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 are you single or something like that it, as soon as the conversation would come anywhere near the personal basically my relationship status or where i live or who i live with or have i been married or something i would spin it around and quickly ask him a quick a question about something else to divert it away and i would i sometimes i would notice myself doing it other times it would just it was so ingrained sometimes it would be like i wouldn't go to somewhere i wouldn't speak to a certain person who i know who might not know the situation or something there was one really stark example that i was aware of where i was at uh, one of my best friends stag do's and i was still at that point i think um it was not long after vicar died maybe three months after and i was still wearing my wedding ring at that point i've taken it off since and i'm sure i'll have a whole another um segment or episode to talk about that but um I was still wearing it and I was sitting next to a guy, a really friendly guy. I've been chatting to him all day, really sort of making good friends with him. And he said, we were, you know, the, the topic of children came up, I think, and I might have, I think I might have said to him, like, something like, oh, you haven't got kids, have you? He said, no, no, no. He said, have you got kids or, or um, married or anything? I said, no, no, and I'm not. And that was like that very moment I had a decision in my head. I was like, I can either say to him, no, this is the situation, because obviously he's oblivious. Some of the people um, were good friends with the guy getting married and probably were, had known. Obviously, this guy was oblivious. I said no and looked down and I was wearing this wedding ring and I was like, he hasn't seen it. So I just kind of moved my hand under the table, I think. I just said, oh, no, no, I'm not. And then I think just said anyway, like, oh, you know, what drink have you got coming? Have you, did you order something, by the way? And just change the topic, you know, subtly. I think I don't think people notice these sort of things. And I saw lots of the time I wouldn't even notice it myself. But that was really obvious. That was stood out. And I was like, I've really done this. I've, I've actively... And I think I would tell myself, oh, I don't want them to feel bad because they've asked a question, which is the answer is going to be horrible. And they're going to say, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't realise. But... I don't think that's true. I think it's because I didn't want to say it, talk about it. I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to go through the same. Some of it is is tedious. Saying the same script to someone and just going over and over the same story. I remember when I was younger, being a vegetarian. The amount of times people go, oh, "Why are you vegetarian?" As kids at school, you know, I came from a very sort of working class area where I was always the only vegetarian kid in the class, if not the school. Um, and they, you know, they'd be the same kind of dumb questions. Oh, like, don't you, don't you just want to eat a bacon sandwich? And like, no, I don't. Oh, why not? Well, because I don't want to kill animals. Oh, why not? Is it because you've been brainwashed into it? Sure, I've been brainwashed into it the same way as you've been brainwashed to eat meat <laughs> or whatever. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm bored now going through the conversation. I don't even bother having it nowadays. I just, just try and do a really quick version of it. I've always been vegetarian. I don't agree with killing animals. Next, it's not, it's not that. It's not that big a deal nowadays that lots of people are vegetarian and vegan, but it, it was some of it is that some I, I must be honest, some of it is I just telling 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 people the same story again and again gets boring. But also some of it I think is I was scared and still am. You know this is not fixed whatsoever. I'm I'm scared that I won't be able to cope with it. I'll tear up. I will feel things I don't want to feel, and that I. I've I've told myself a lot that it's I'm a, I'm aware that I do this and I kind of think oh it's just not a problem but it really does affect hugely the things I do the places I go the people I'll talk to the conversations I have when I do talk to them 
It's like everything I do, there's this fear that's, I would say at the back of my mind, but it's not even that far back. It's somewhere in the middle. Um, and it's, I hope someone doesn't ask, are you single? Are you married? Um, have you got kids? So all those kind of things, because the answers are uncomfortable. Um, it's uncomfortable socially to, to for someone to ask us an innocent question and say, oh, no, sorry, my wife died. And it's like a bit of a <laughs> dropping a bit of a bomb, isn't it? It's like, I'm, I don't want to do that to people, but at the same time, I don't want to do it to myself. I'm, I'm kind of getting emotional now just thinking about it because it is, it's like, I don't want to, sometimes you just want to have surface conversations. Sometimes you just, just want to have that, uh, what I would call a conversation that you have with a hairdresser about, the the weather and the wedding that you're going to and oh, what does their partner do oh they do speedway or something oh that's interesting oh, i used to watch that actually i didn't but i used to watch it on trans world sport and it was boring as hell um sometimes you just want an easy conversation a light-hearted conversation and and i think some of it is that but it's it's a real it's making me think now just talking about it now the amount of things it's like it's like a re, it's like an invisible layer over everything where I can't live carefree because there's this weight and more of a weight than a layer. I think there's this weight attached that suddenly can, can just appear out of anywhere where someone will mention so many things. There's so many things that can lead to this kind of situation where I, I would have to mention it. I would have to, or what I would, would do is skirt around the issue. Um, and like I say, it's, it's, it's the, the mental gymnastics it is almost as tiring as doing real gymnastics. I can go to somewhere. I was chatting to someone the other day saying, talking about this, saying I can, it's really draining. It's, I don't notice it at the time, but, and then the next day I'll just be, I'll just be absolutely knackered. Some of that I think is to do with being quite introverted and generally, you know, I'll go to a, a big event where I'm speaking to lots of people and it will tire me out. I will, I can be somewhere just at a barbecue or something, you know, three or four hours and come back and want to lie down and just not want to be around people for two days. And that's just me. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of used to that. And I think I'm, I accept that. That's not really a problem. I just, I'm aware of it these days, but if I've had to do that as well, if I've, if I've had to be kind of constantly dodging with new people, especially it's the kind of innocent questions that people ask. And it's, um, yeah, I don't want to labor the point because I think, you know, I've, I've been talking for this about for about 10 minutes now. I think you get the idea, but it's something that I'm really aware of and I'm going to try and work on and, and question maybe why I do this. What am I scared of? What's the worst that can happen? I think it's a lot of it is this kind of risk assessor in me sort of going, oh, they might do this. They might get upset. They might say, oh, I'm really sorry. They might do this and that. They might go, oh, God, I'm sorry to hear that. And I, do you want to talk about it? And I'll go, yeah, I can tell them the basics or not really or whatever. And then just move on. And then they know. Once they know, it's like, oh, my God, I can breathe again. At work, the, the job I do at the moment for about a year, I don't think I told anyone. And it, it kind of had to come out. And I told someone at a Christmas party. And they kind of told someone and, and then my boss kind of called me over and said, you know, obviously I'm aware of this and can we, you know, do we need to make any adjustments and stuff? And it was suddenly, it was out there and it wasn't a secret and I wasn't worrying. I didn't have to kind of, do you know what I mean? When everyone else in the office is talking about their kids or their wife or their family or something, and you're just not offering that, that information about yourself, it's, it's kind of suspect, <laughs> um, and it it really limits the relationships you can the connections you can make with people if you're not offering anything of yourself. And I'm not generally like that. I don't think up until the last few years, I think I would quite happily talk about people that 
you know outside of outside of work and what's going on with them and stuff but i found i really just couldn't i couldn't mention anything personal and it's hard it's really hard sort of working with people day to day or you know in other areas of my life um going to clubs or anything when and there's people that i'm just not allowing inside my kind of confidence i'm not allowing them to connect with me properly and i'm i'm sort of creating these surface level friendships that I can never let them in beyond a certain barrier. It's tiring, it's draining, it's it's not it doesn't lead to close um reciprocal relationships. There's so many people that I know ten ten times more things about than they know about me and it just doesn't feel good. It feels like it's one sided. It feels like I'm being cold and standoffish just because that's me and you know, some of it is now me. Um it it leads to a loneliness, I think. And yeah, it's something I'm going to really look at and try and try and conquer. I think it's going to take a long time because some of it's so ingrained, but yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely something that I'm failing on. I think at the moment, there's a lot of good things that I am doing in terms of practically, but in terms of mentally, um, changing patterns changing changing you know it's, it's a cognitive behavioral kind of thing i think where i've got these hardwired patterns of thought that i'm trying to unpick now and this is definitely one that i want to unpick because it's not good for me i think it's really important to record some of these segments when i'm not feeling great as well to give a real true flavor of what goes on in my mind on a day-to-day basis or at least how it fluctuates really. I recorded a segment the other day that I think will appear in an earlier episode um, about when I was playing golf and feeling really good about everything, really positive about this new project and generally just positive in life. Right now I'm feeling very, 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 very overwhelmed by just the sheer amount of work that this is going to take. I'm literally just having a look at different platforms I can use just to host the website, really, just to um, be a central point so other things like social media and obviously the podcast itself can kind of sit within that. And it's just mind-blowing how many different choices there are. I'm only looking at two or three different um, websites like WordPress and Wix and things, and each one has its own stumbling blocks. Each one I get so far with it and then realise that, oh, I need to pay for this feature just to, you know, literally just to register the domain name. Okay, I've registered that then I need to pay to actually link it. And then it's it's £5 a month or something, which is a lot of money, you know, £60 a year for something which at the moment is just going to be a hobby. And um, I think it's just, I mean, the other day as well, I think all weekend, I had a lovely weekend, but at the same time, I was just looking for a notebook in a shop um, to, to use as my diary to keep notes of... Um, ideas to record and tick them off when I've done them to make sure I'm not doubling up on things too much. Obviously I'm going to revisit ideas but I just wanted a nice notebook and I had a a, a brief um, criteria list for what I wanted and I just kept going in different shops and and none of them really fit the bill. Eventually I found one that I actually already got which I'm going to use but that in itself was kind of really stressing me out. It's just the, the amount of options available can really be overwhelming sometimes i can i can get that just for daily tasks like shopping sometimes there might be four different types of cereal or different sizes 
available and sometimes choice is really not not good for me um i think with this podcast it's it's the it's the amount of choice available for different things and it's also worrying about getting it wrong there's a real mental block i've got about wanting to get everything right first time um and not for, for the sake of not having to redo things but also just wanting it to be perfect from day one and i really need to get over that i've got an app called anchor which i'm using to record these i'm already worried that it might not do what i want it to do it might i might go to upload it and it will only upload to spotify and not something else or i might do it but it's only licensed for a certain amount of time or i can only upload a certain amount of minutes without having to pay for a premium feature or something um I th- when i downloaded it i thought you know what this looks good i'm just gonna start doing it test it out this seems quite good let's go for it which is a great attitude i think and now i'm kind of going oh well is it the right one and it's i think that sums me up i think i think i can i can have both extremes i can be really positive about going for something and then i kind of start overthinking it seeing problems which are real problems that you know it's not i'm not making things up i'm not delusional in terms of um i'm not being overly anxious well maybe i am I'm not foreseeing imaginary problems. I'm just seeing problems and seeing them as issues rather than just things that will come come to pass, things that I'll overcome just in the general day-to-day process of doing this. And instead of then enjoying the whole process, it becomes a chore. It becomes something which I'm now almost avoiding doing or thinking about too much, thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it instead of just doing it. If I just sit down and go, right, what am I going to do today? I'm going to get episode one finished. I'm going to get the sound bites all in the right order get it finished from start to finish and then that's my project for the day that's easy make a nice little bite size achievable topic get it done but instead of that i'm thinking about the whole project the whole kind of end game seven different aspects of it all at once and it's um yeah it's kind of creating a an unpleasant feeling about it when it should be something really positive I think the ways around that are are simple. Just look at the, the, the task at hand. Just look at what I'm doing and, and the positives of it and what this could be and, and how it can be helping me. Um, I'm also, it, it will do things in terms of tidying my house up and then sort of help, help in other ways. I'm going to use my spare room as a recording studio, which in itself I looked at that this morning and that was really daunting because I haven't really done any work on that since recording a note a few days ago saying that I was going to really make a concerted effort to do that and I look at the sort of my timetable today and I've I haven't gone out for my run for lunch which I was going to do so I've got to do that after work then I'm going cycling with my brother I've got to go shopping at some point over the next couple of days because I've kind of run out of my basics like bread and milk and then tomorrow I want to go and play golf after work because I'm really conscious that the weather's nice and I want to go and enjoy that so it's kind of trying to fit everything in is stressful as well um, anyway, I won't I won't labour the point too much. I just want to create a true experience, which is the highs and the lows. And right now, I know that I'll get through this, and I know that I just need to shrink things down to just looking at the next bit, not look, not being too, um, not not look at the overarching view so much, and just look at the next step ahead of me and enjoy the process of doing it, and um, then things will become a lot easier. No, no, I've had a little break and come back to record this section. 
I've been thinking, why am I feeling like this about this um, podcast, which up until now for the last week or so has been giving me a lot of energy and and sort of hope and, and positive feelings. Why am I suddenly feeling daunted by it, feeling like it's overwhelming? Um, one of the reasons I think is just it's my natural thought pattern is to project forwards a bit too far every time, always a bit too far looking at the end goal rather than the process and seeing stumbling blocks, which is sort of like the natural risk assessor in me. I see all of the hurdles I'm going to have to overcome and and see them as negatives instead of just sort of challenges to be beaten and to, to be accomplished. The other thing that I think is a really important thing for me is I haven't done um, my yoga the last couple of days. Uh, I didn't go for my run at lunchtime, which I did mention in the last segment because I was feeling tired. And, I, and then I thought, oh, well, the reason I was feeling tired is I didn't have enough sleep either over the weekend. So all of those things combined is is like the the absolute basics of life. Um, and also, um, I've got in today, and I haven't um, I haven't got my basics of you know milk and bread and stuff. So I haven't really eaten properly today either. And it's like the um, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs diagram that you see of of your basics of food, water, shelter. If those things aren't right, everything else suddenly becomes difficult. You, you need to treat your body and your mind like you would if you're sort of feeding a pet or something or looking after a child you i think I, I often neglect um the real kind of basics of life when i'm sort of seeking to do something a lot more complicated and i forget that you know if i'm tired i'm not going to function well if i'm hungry i'm not going to function well if i haven't exercised and my body's aching my neck's aching i've been sitting in the chair too long i've been driving for a couple of hours all of these things set myself up to feel negative i think and literally just by recording that last segment having to think about it and then looking forward now looking forward to my run this evening because i know that that will make me feel better i'm going to go for a run i've got a cycle ride booked in with my brother as well and i just know that having done those things also recording this segment even as i'm doing it i'm feeling i've made some progress now i've i've planned sort of to sort of get back on track i'll try and squeeze in my yoga as, as well this evening i don't know if i can but if I can squeeze that in as well, I'll be sort of fully back on track um, in terms of just the absolute basics. Um, but yeah, just a little one to remind myself more than anything that the basics of functioning, of just doing a, your daily, the, the basic daily things that you need to do really does make a difference in, in, the, in the more complicated things that we attempt in life. This should just be a really quick one. I've just thought this and it's something I'm aware of, but I think I've got a really good way of summing it up. It's seeing the negative instead of seeing the positive. And I think it's almost a choice. I think it's a mindset thing. It's a, it depends what sort of mood you're in, but it's also something which I think you can train yourself to do. I hope so anyway. I was just looking at myself in the mirror then as I was just changing to go for a run and I thought, you know what, my, my body's all right. I, I quite like my body right now. I feel I've just um, just finished work for the day. I'm going for the run that I should have gone for at lunchtime. And earlier, I probably would have looked at myself and thought, still haven't got a six pack. I've still got a little bit of extra fat around my stomach that you know I've, I've wanted to get rid of for years. And I don't know, I'm getting old and balding. I need to trim my beard. I don't know, there'd be some other part of my body that I looked at I wouldn't like. 
but I, I, I met, then I looked at that. I, I looked at myself. I remember the other day I looked at um, myself without a top on. I thought I've done really well. I've since lockdown, I've gone out running lots. I've done lots of yoga. I've cycled a lot. I've played other sports and I've really, I wouldn't say transformed. I don't think you could, <laughs> I wouldn't do a before and after photo and stick it in a, um, you know, an advert for, for myself as a personal trainer or anything, but I really have, I am different than what I was a couple of years ago. A couple of people, if I think about it, have mentioned, oh, you've lost weight or you look good or look better. And and it's true. I, I look better than I did a couple of years ago. And I feel better. I generally am looking after myself much, much more in an adult way, I think. And it's the both things are true. Both Both aspects of it are true. You know, I am getting older. I am balding. I am... Um, still a slightly heavier and slightly podgier than I'd like to be but also I've come a long way from where I was two three four years ago and it can really depend on what sort of mood you're in but I think the the automatic thoughts that happen so many times throughout the day we just really need to be aware of those really need to be aware of um patterns of thoughts I think I think this again comes into cognitive cognitive behavioural stuff, and I've I need to research that a bit more. I think, but I'm very aware of it that I I make these assumptions that just then inform other thoughts and other decisions, and I don't question them enough. And I'm starting to question some of those now. I'm starting to question: Is this true? There's a fantastic. <laughs> I knew this would go a bit longer. Then I've mentioned Mo Gorda and the incredible interview he did on Stephen Bartlett CEO podcast one of the things which I've tried to start doing and I'd actually forgotten this this week and although these this is this is a Monday I'm recording this the last week or so I've sort of forgot I've sort of forgotten this and one of the things he he would do when a thought comes into his head the first thing he says is is this true and because lots of them aren't true lots of them are your mind giving you this piece of information like your heart pumping blood around your body or like your liver doing whatever your liver does um it's just a functional thing it's just it's just presenting you with some information based on previous experiences it doesn't mean it's true it doesn't mean it's you it doesn't mean it's correct it doesn't mean it's something that needs to be acted on if it is true then the next thing he goes on to say is what can i do about it so for example if i looked at myself and go okay i'm fat that is true. That's objectively true. Anyone would say I am. Then the next thing would be, what do I do about it? Okay, start eating better and exercise more. At the moment, I look at myself and go, I'm a little bit fat. There's a little bit of fat there. I'd like to give it. If I wouldn't class myself as fat, but I would say there's, there's some small improvement. That's the truth. The truth of it is not I'm fat. It's a minor adjustment. So then I can go a much more measured reaction to it. A measured reaction is, oh, cool. There's some work to do. That's something I can build on and see it's a positive thing that I've got something to achieve and also look how much better shape I'm in now than I was before so anyway I don't want to go on and on about that but it's just a little thought I had just looking in the mirror about to go for a run anyway and do something about it but there's a real glass half empty glass half full thing going on in my head all the time and it really depends what's going on in my life what mood I'm in what time of day it's in if I'm hungry if I'm cold if I'm tired and I think it's just worth, whenever a, a negative thought comes into your mind, just question, is it true? Is that accurate? Is that thought 
objectively accurate? Would, would If I asked 100 other people, would they also agree with that? What percentage of them would say that's true and what percentage would say, actually, that's nonsense, you're being too hard on yourself or that's not even accurate, it's not even true. Um, that person does like you, that person does still love you or or anything. And then also, if it is a bit true, let's do something about it then. <laughs> let's, go, let's go out for a run. So off I go, out for a run. Speak to you later. There you go, guys. It's a nice heavy one after the positive one out playing golf. Bringing you back down to earth with me. Uh, I think it's really useful, though. It shows the, you know, that those, those two episodes, most of those segments are recorded probably four or five days apart. I've, I've, I've not quite got into a pattern yet of sort of recording one a week. I'm just sort of putting bits and bits together that are on, on theme and recorded around the same time. But yeah, I don't think there was a huge amount of time between those um, two episodes. And it just really goes to show how one moment I'm cock a hoop. I'm out playing golf. I'm um, hitting the best round I've ever hit and feeling really good about everything. A few days later, a couple of things have happened. I've not slept and that's quite as much as I should have. I'm taking on too much. And I think that's one of the things I'm taking on a little bit too much, a little bit too quickly, or at least projecting forward to a little bit too much. Not much, you know, not nothing nothing to be too worried about, but just that's what can happen. It's very easy to sort of slip back into negative thought patterns or back into previous bad habits. And yeah, I'm just sort of checking myself and going, okay, what's going on here? Um, why are you so stressed, man? That's it really. Um, and by looking at it and by talking about it and telling you guys about it, I already feel less stressed about it. So it's great. It's all good for me anyway. But hopefully you guys can learn from this too. Hopefully maybe one or two of the things will resonate with you each episode. I'm not expecting everything to hit home with everyone, but if one or two things resonates with one or two people, then I'm happy. Hopefully it's resonating with you and hopefully I'll see you again soon. Bye-bye.